0: Love Talk Radio. I was going to have to go in there on a little opener without my my host, my co host of the show, Tim Carter. Tim's now with us. So, Tim, take it away.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome to the Double OT podcast. Uh, as we do this every 6 p.m. on Wednesday nights, uh, Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, with me, as always, is Mr. Paul Beyer. He introduced the show a little bit earlier. How are you, Paul?
0: Uh I'm uh, I'm well. I uh I I'm uh I'm I'm probably just as eager to get into this show this evening as you are. So much to, to to talk about uh our Seahawks and so forth and 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 I I don't even know if we want to talk politics, I'll be honest with you. My God in heaven, it seems like everyone thinks the world is either either the best thing ever or it's literally disaster mode and the sky is falling and brimstone and and fire pits <clears> are going to <throat> open up here soon. So Anyways, long story short, uh, Hey, how are you doing?
1: I'm okay. I've had, I, you know, one of those days today, but you know, I'm pushing through it. So, and as long as I'm not drinking, I'm doing all right. So, um, hey. but, uh, uh, man, yeah, no, I, I, uh, yeah, there's no in or between when it comes to politics and, you know, I've, maybe for the last half of the show or like the last, you know, we only have an hour show tonight. So we'll, we'll uh, We'll, we'll touch on it probably for final rants, but yeah, Paul, there's no, inter, you know, there's nothing between it's either hell or high water when it, you know, when it comes yeah. to to, uh, to what's going on with politics right now, and to be honest with you, you know, I, I hold the position of, you know, I, I'm kind of neutral on, the, I'm one of the very few, and, um, you know, we'll explain that a little bit later, but... Um, Hey man, so let's go ahead and talk about Seahawks. And you know, unfortunately, guys, if you want to hear some optimistic radio tonight or podcast tonight,
0: <laughs> this is
1: not going to be your podcast.
0: Um, Paul, doom, and you, Paul probably, doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Doom and gloom.
1: Yeah. Um, I you know I, I I'm I'm sorry to say this, but I think Sunday night's performance was absolutely fool's gold. Other than the offense performing the way that they they did and there's some highlights that, you know, that really take away from it from the offense. Paul and I cried out about this last week about where the hell is the offense. Well, they showed up, but what the hell, where the hell is the defense this week? I mean, you know, it, it just seems like a trend over and over. I know, I know coaches are watching game tape and yada, 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 but that's too many yards you gave up, too many big drives, and a guy like Tyrod Taylor absolutely made your defense look way pedestrian on Sunday night, or sorry, Monday night, excuse me.
0: Yeah, uh, understatement on that one. I mean, we, we uh, it was apparent even early that uh, there was there was zero containment when it came to Tyrod Taylor. I mean, the uh, the defensive line, who really is the ones responsible for that, uh, whether it was Frank Clark on the outside or Cassius Marsh. You know, when you're facing a mobile quarterback, and we really probably haven't faced one like Tyrod Taylor with his skill set. Uh, uh, maybe it's probably been since a, a, the healthy and good Colin Kaepernick days uh, where he was as dangerous and lethal as anybody that you could ever see in that position. But it was so important for them to keep him in the pocket. And what what happened? You saw guys swing and miss, and Tyrod Taylor w- was getting out and pretty much could do anything he wanted to, either run or, or find the guy open. It, it was the NFL guys open uh jeremy lane was uh getting torched uh, uh there was zone breakdowns on the uh intermediate uh, inside and outside r- outside routes About the only thing that was decent was our uh, sideline deep sideline ball coverage uh, from the corners um and then uh you know they, they ate us up on the running game now I, I will say that there's been a lot of talk this year about how buffalo's running attack has been pretty has been much better uh but uh still this team specializes in stopping the running game and they just looked. They looked bad, and so you know, is it because uh, the injuries? I think par- partially, absolutely, but I also think you know the coaches definitely need to address uh, before these games start, and they they know what their team is capable of, and and I don't think right. that uh, they I don't think they they were they, I don't think they prepared these guys very well for this game, to be quite honest with you.
1: They didn't, and it seems like they looked past uh, this team. I mean, they looked like they pat looked past uh, Buffalo for New
0: England this week, and so.
1: Um, you know, the thing for me, when I, there's a couple of takeaways I look at, you know, right now, A, you missed Cam Chancellor, B, you miss Michael Bennett. And then you look at the downside of, of what the defense was, was uh, presented on uh, Monday night. You look at Kelsey McCray, just, you know, he was just off on a lot of plays there. You look, I'll also look at Jeremy Lane. I mean, I, I texted you, Paul, I was just outright mad about what, how the defense was giving up big plays. And I, you know, I admire Sherman's a really aggressive play, and we will talk about that, you know, the field goal play at the end of the half here in a bit. But, I mean, when I look at just just as a whole, like how they were getting carved up, they made Tyrod Taylor look like an elite quarterback. Now, my little rant on this is you can't make Bobby Wagner do everything. Because Bobby Wagner, like, what would he have, like a team high 16 tackles or something like that, Paul? He's, he was out of his mind
0: when it came to 16. tackling. but. 16 tackles, yep, unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I mean, he cannot be the only one that's doing his job. I mean, he was just all over the field, but, you know, he can't play corner and stuff, and, you know, Sherman can't do everything as well. I mean, that's where you miss Bennett, and that's where, you know, Averill did a pretty good job, but, you know, he got held, and we can complain about the officials, but, Paul, we did that last week, and I don't want to do that again. That's going to give me a headache,
0: so, but
1: to, to be honest with you, yeah, it sounds like we're being pessimistic about this, but, you know, I, you know, we are and we have to be because right now if, if you think that this is a Super Bowl team, and I mentioned this to Paul the other night when I was texting him, it's not. It's not a Super Bowl defense, and it sure, is not, it sure as hell not a Super Bowl team with that running game. They have no running game at all. Christine Michael reminds me of Sean Alexander in his last years when he used to run outside – and, and go out of bounds. I mean, maybe not that bad, but good Lord. Christy Michael is awful. He's just not a good running back, Paul. And I, I mean, I understand, you know, you can get the line situation, but you know, George Fant was doing a really good job. Britt was doing a decent job. I'm not going to even mention Gilliam. He's just pathetic, but some of the other guys on that line, they're serviceable. Um, But it's pretty sad that, that, you know, there's just no run game to speak of. It's essentially Russell Wilson passing what, you know, what did he do the other night, 40 times or so? I mean, it's unbelievable. And, again, no ball control. It was just a lopsided thing for offense. Again, it was like Buffalo having having the the football, what, what was it, like 60% of the time, 70% of the time. Again, Seattle only had, what, 30% of the time. I mean, it just gets old. It, it's a thing that happens every week. Defense doesn't get off the field. And you wonder why the defense got carved up on, Monday night is just because they're tired. They are tired and they're without their mm-hmm. guy. So look, I mean it, it just becomes old. No running game, you can't take any time thing off the clock. That's a blueprint. Teams are watching that, man. And unless they get Thomas Rawls back or some guy who can run the football, I really don't like their chances going forward uh, to make a successful run at the Super Bowl. I'm sorry.
0: Hey, uh, I don't dig, disagree with anything you said, and, and I'm going to try to shoot this as straight as possible uh, because, you know, you look at these rushing numbers, uh, 12 carries for 33 yards. First of all, when's the last time you can remember a Seahawk coached Pete Carroll team with only 12 rushing carries in a game? And And when you even break it down further, uh, of those thirty-three yards, ten were by Russell Wilson, who can, can hardly move right now, and thirteen were from Tyler Lockett on one carry. So twenty-three yards of thirty-three were from those two guys. And here's the here's the real kicker: Christine Michael, five carries, one yard, one yard. Uh, yeah. I am going to put it on the, uh, I'm going to put it on, I'm going to put it on Kristen Michael a little bit, but I'm going to focus really on the line. Cause I think, you know, you, you touched on the, the, what they're doing and it's, it's so clear to me that, uh, they're, they're just, there's no, there's no semblance of a, of a unit when, when they attack a defensive front and, what I mean by that is, is that you have a Justin Brett who's doing his job, actually, you know, pro football focus. Hey, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, he was, re- he was rated last week as the number one center in the league, you know, pro football focus has him rated as the number one center in the league. He, he, he is doing he, and he is a good run blocker. He is doing his job. However, a zone again, I've talked about this a million times on the show, a zone-blocking scheme needs everyone to – they need to be working as one unit, those five guys, and especially when you add in the, the tight ends and so forth. Uh, and they're just not even – they're not even close. I mean, George Fant is, is doing an, a, a, a job that you would expect. Actually, he's, no, he's surpassing what you would expect from a guy in his situation. I would say okay. – you know what?
1: Let me, let me intervene real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I think he's the second-best be- I, I second lineman on this team right now. That's how bad this offensive line is. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I Glouinski just absolutely took a crap all over the place. You know, on a lot of his blocks. I mean, you look at you look at just everybody else that's on that line. Gilliam, I think, is the worst offensive lineman in all of the National Football League. He's he's terrible. Horrible. And so I'm sorry. I'll throw I'll throw it back to you. I, I just I mean, when George Fant is your second best lineman on on the team, and he's he, he hasn't played since junior high school. I mean, that's a shit line,
0: bro. <laughs> it is. I mean, Afetty, you kind of—it's kind of like he's a little lost out there. Gilliam is just looks horrible. I mean, um, he is getting—he's getting used and abused uh, from from pass rushers uh, 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 when he's trying to block on running plays. He's getting tossed around like a rag doll. Um, you know, Glowinski and the penalties. I mean, really, all of them and the penalties, other than Britt, just—it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, you cannot put a team that's already trying, having a hard time finding its identity in first and 20, first and 25, every single time they get the ball. And that's that's what happens. That's what's been happening. And the fact that we're 5-2-1 and one is almost unbelievable in itself, okay? Yeah, and we running know, away with the division. Running yeah, away with the division. You're, yeah, that's how bad it is. <laughs> but. I mean, is un- there hope? Is there any hope? Is there any hope to turn this around? I guess. I mean, we could talk about how bad it is right now for a while, but is there any hope to turn it around? That's. I think that's maybe the next topic of conversation.
1: Well, yeah, I think so on one aspect because of the progression. And John Gruden was saying, "Hey, man, I like that George Fant kid." You know what I mean? <laughs> I think. I think George Fant actually. He played above his like he like you mentioned he surpassed expectations but the good thing is is that he can only get better so look I mean that's one guy that you can look at and go hey that that's a guy that we could look at and and see improve I think Afetty will only improve as time goes on um, but the other two guys I look at I'm just like and I agree with you about Justin Britt I think Justin Britt's having a great year I mean and if they don't resign him this off season I am literally going to I, I don't know what I'll do. I don't. I mean, it doesn't matter what I do. But I mean, they they cannot let him go after this off season. I I, I agree about putting money in the defense and yada yada yada. But I mean, your only true serviceable lineman who's going to be a free agent, you have got to resign that guy, Paul. But anyways, back to what we're talking about. Good lord. Uh, yeah, there there's optimism, but I mean. You can't throw Jamarcus Ware in there, or Webb, excuse me. He he looks exactly like you remember that movie Spaceballs, or not Spaceballs? What's that? What's that? Oh, Big Trouble in Little China, where that thing, that, oh, that pile of crap, was great like a, movie. Yeah, yeah. So basically, <laughs> it was like a a big pile of crap that talks. That's exactly what that's what Jamarcus Webb essentially is. A, a big piece oh, of crap man. that just walks around and talks. <clears throat> um, <laughs> So no, you you can't do that, and I don't know. I mean, I think if you get Thomas Rawls back, I think that's where optimism sets in because he has much better vision than Christine Michael. Christine Michael has a vision of a blind yeah. man who has a stick shoved up his ass. I, I mean, I don't. Sorry, I, I'm. He he just has no vision. He he looks like a guy who's lost out there. I I counted two plays. Where when he they handed the ball off to him the limited times they did he ran directly into his lineman two times two freaking times so I'm over him I'm I'm done with him and I I, you know it it just with his whole gold chain and all this other stuff like that I know he has good rapport with Russell Wilson yada 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 but good lord I mean Thomas Rawls is a different beast than this kid is I'm sorry.
0: It, you know, I, I, I have tried everything in my power to restrain, you know, saying anything about what I think, you know, the actions that Kristen and Michael and what I perceive of them on the field has worked. You you can tell, especially when he got back on this team and early this year when he was having success, he was doing it and he was, he was Pete Carroll. Everyone was working very hard to keep him focused on okay get back in the huddle get ready for the next play but now it is every time he does anything he wants to put a show on after he, after the carry I mean it's like he gets three yards and he wants to stand up stare into the sky you know take 10, take take 15 seconds to get back to the huddle and and you've got you know Russell out there saying hey get back to the huddle or Doug coming up to him and it's just that's the kind of stuff it's like you can't do that you can't act that way because, again, it's the action that – how the team perceives it, that he is not focused. And then, like you said, with the, the running into his own players, the linemen, and, and basically – and Davis Hugh actually wrote, wrote a tweet about this today talking about this and breaking down the game. You know, his inability to read the back, back – uh, the, the back cut, you know, the cutback lanes – which is what that zone blocking scheme is designed for—is to create those cutback lanes to for a guy like him to take to the house. I mean, this guy, this guy should really be in a in a good place with because you know what you have to do is you have to like, remember how how remember how Marshawn sometimes would hit holes hard, but then also Marshawn would let the hole cut, become you know create itself and then and then it yep. either cut it back or. Or, or, or engage in it. And that's where he was so good at finding the hole uh, and or letting it, you know, become a hole. And, and uh, you, know, you know, Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. I You know, I watch, a, obviously, Red Zone uh, on Comcast, and I watch a lot of games. I watch a lot of teams. I watch a lot of players. And, you know, Ezekiel Elliott earlier this season, even though he had some good numbers behind that, I mean, that line at Dallas is ridiculous. It's good. Uh, but he has really doing a fantastic job now of letting the, the play happen. You know, he's, 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 he's had to learn that in the NFL, you can't just, like in college, hit the hole and you're gone. You know, you've got to let things happen and develop. And it, that can be kind of scary for a running back you know, to sit there and kind of, you know, happy feet and then all of a sudden find the hole in the cutback. Well, that's what the NFL is all about because everyone's so freaking yeah. good well he you know getting back to kristen michael kristen michael cannot stop himself from from just calming down and letting things happen and and he, he he is regressing he is going backwards as the season goes on and you're right i mean uh thomas rawls had that that ability right away you saw it that he could find it he was just it's just innately in him and uh and that's a rare talent. And God, gosh darn it! Fantastic job, guys, finding him. Let's just get him healthy and get him back on the field. And hopefully, the the the, 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 the holes that are there, he can find because there are some there are some holes. But the the offensive line still is playing very poor. Uh, and uh, and I mean, I I again, I have total faith in Tom Cable. I really do. But they, this this whole thing needs to get better because Russell Wilson. The more he takes a beating, because he You know, he still got hit a couple times this week. Uh, The the more you just cringe and uh, he is not a hundred percent. It's, it's evident to me. He's not Uh, a hundred percent. But this team, this just is, is really, I mean, three points in the second half. I mean, they scored 28 in the first, right? That's good. Hey, fantastic. Three points in the second half. Against a Buffalo defense. That's putrid folks.
1: What's putrid? I mean, and well, Yeah. I mean, I could talk about the play calling too. I mean, I I don't even want to go there with a lot of that. It's like you're in desperation mode in the first half and all of a sudden you just go ahead and get comfortable and rely on your defense. I mean, that's the way I took it. I'm just like, come on, man, where's your sense of urgency this whole time. You got to, you're at a point right now where, I mean, you could have put the division away what three weeks ago, but you know, I, and I get right now the divisions, I mean, they're two, the, the nearest one's what two and a half games away right now. So I get that it's, pretty much almost done but you never know thing is is that you know when you play chess like that in a matchup it can come around and bite you um it it certainly Mm -hmm. did in the arizona game and it certainly did in the rams game in the beginning of the year it's i you know the cute play calling that's why a lot of the fans bitch about the the play calling because you know you you try to play chess when the other team's playing checkers you know what i'm saying so it it for me looking at this, this whole thing with offense is like, you know, you have the ability to just, I mean, Buffalo's defense didn't make any certain adjustments in the second half. It was, they were drawing the same, same scrimmages, doing the same things that they were doing the first half. So, you know, that that's where I was just like, okay, you know, you put your foot off the gas and then you have no running game. And so that's where the pessimism lies in. And, 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 you know, forgive me folks. I mean, Kind of a bad day. Yeah, I'm a venting a little bit. But, yeah, that was just not – that was not – I just don't – you know, when I look at this team, Paul, I don't get all, like, giddy like I did a couple years ago. Even, you know, 2013, 2014, even 2012, like, saying, yeah, this team is really they, – they can make a deep run in the playoffs because right now it just seems to me looking at both sides of the, of the football, and I know they get Cam back this week, but gosh, dude – I mean, you're looking at a team, they, they go up against New England. I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle loses by t- at least 10 or over in, in the first time in Pete Carroll's, you know, 10-year's coach. I mean, I just wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. That That's a well-oiled machine in New England. And you're in New England Sunday night. Whew, I, it's just, oh, buddy, that is going to be – I mean, I picked that game to be a loss in the beginning of the year, and it's going to be a bigger loss in my mind this week, so –
0: it's uh look, look look okay so i'll i'll re- i'll reel i'll reel myself back in a little bit, and um we both agree that this team is regressing, they're not we they have the skill set, they have the talent, they have all that, they're injured, we all know that, and but still, there's just certain things that are are that are so bad that if you don't get those fixed in this NFL National Football League or No Fun League, depending on who you're talking to, um, it, it's not going to turn out well. And the fact that we're 5-2-1, and one, this is a good thing. So the, opti- the optimism is going to kick back in for me. Jimmy Graham, what a game. Come, coming into his own. Those two catches, yeah. one-handed, were fantastic. I mean, again, I've, I've, I've always thought that that knew he, could, he, he would come out. I knew that him and Russell were going to find their gel spot. I think they even missed a couple of other opportunities. Uh, uh, I, I really just want to see, I want to see him on the goal line, uh, just, just Russell throw it up to him and let him do his thing. Um, it's uh, uh, clear to me that um, the, I, I'm saying that a lot. I apologize right now on, on all that. But uh, I'll say that uh, Stephen Hoshka. hey, you know what I noticed? And remember, we talked about this just a week ago. Stephen Hoschka kicked his field goal with, higher arc on the ball. I don't know if you noticed it. I noticed it. And I, I was did. like, Hey, I did. hey I that did. was, that was a low trajectory. Nice job. House money. So maybe he's got his little thing fixed. It turned out to be the game, you know, one of the game deciders. So, you know, th- there were some positive things, but here's the bottom <laughs> line. Getting back to this defense cannot stay on the field the way that they are. I mean, what they're doing is almost legendary in itself for what they have accomplished. <laughs> over the last, what, three, four weeks, uh, being on the field for essentially more than three-quarters of the game and still, you know, giving this team chances to win. I mean, that, that in itself is unreal. Uh, but yeah. the offense yep. is not doing it. A fa- the offense has to get their stuff fixed. They have to be able to control the ball. They got to put some, put some time on the old clock uh, and let these guys rest because, you know, they are, they are going to get more and more banged up the injuries, all this stuff is part of that. All of this is part of that, okay? And they have to give the defense time to rest, so then go back out there and get after people, pass rush, which we can't do right now, uh, because these guys are dog tired. So, you know, th- that's that. But, hey, there is a chance to turn it around, because all the tools are there. All the players are there. We know that they can do it. It's just they got to gel and come together.
1: Well, let me ask you this right now. <clears throat> Do you think that Arizona has a chance to get back in this thing with Seattle?
0: Honestly, yes, and 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 it's be, it's because the, this game and then Carolina, who who obviously uh, took care of business against the Rams, their defense is playing much better. Um, you know, I mean, you don't have to be a great defense right now to, to shut us down, um, but we also know that can change. The point is, is that absolutely the the Cards can come back and get into this
1: yeah it's going to be a tough tough slope i mean they've got have you seen their schedule it's just it's but then again they're playing teams that that are kind of under expectations but they i don't
0: know we'll, we'll see they've yet to play the, the, the falcon jet which
1: i think is going to be an interesting game
0: is that this sunday paul uh you know what i don't know i'm not looking at the schedule right now but what i will say is that um, you know what? Uh cards, no, no cards are playing San Francisco this weekend. I remember that from fantasy oh, yeah. football. yeah. So. Well, that's yeah, that's a win. that's a win. Jeez. That's a that's, Ooh, that's a win. Can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chuck that up. Chuck that one up. Yeah. So. But but hey, you know, getting back to this, the 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 Patriots, you know, this is just again, worse all remember us, remember us talking about uh what was it? 2 years ago when we were we were get, playing the Cardinals in in uh, in in uh, Phoenix, and we're like we're going to get our asses kicked. you know this team's not ready to play. heck was it last year and then we beat the holy living crap out of them on Sunday night you know so th- this 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 situation actually almost fits into the the identity and persona of the Seahawks where no one's given going to the, give them a chance no one's gonna give them a chance this game it just is so it would be so them to go out there and just light it up offensively and the defense you know uh however they do it again i don't know how they they're going to do it against the 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 patriots because they are like you said a well oiled machine um and tom brady's firing on cylinders but yeah i mean it's it's right up their alley to go in there and do something crazy I, I, i could see it happening that's the funny thing
1: uh you know i mean you never know man you never know but Again, you're going against Brady, you're going against just that, that dual tight end set. You know, just oh man. It is going to be a long night for me. I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be a long, long night for that defense, it's gonna be a long night for the offense. and more, you know, hopefully, you know, they can rise to the occasion. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But you know, I I don't I just I don't feel good about this game. I, I don't I, I I'm sorry. I just think about it, and I'm like, oh, I, oh, I just, I got a bad feeling. And, you know, <clears throat> I, you know, when it comes back to it, I, I think when you get Rawls back, you're set up to have a really good second half of the season after this New England game. And, um, you know, because your schedule's not that bad. I mean, you got Carolina coming in. They're playing better, like you said, but you know, you have a chance to make a good run at the second part of the season, but this game, no, I just don't, I don't, I don't like it. I just, I, I don't <laughs> like it at all. Um, so let's just go ahead and give our game predictions right now. Cause I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now, I think Seattle loses by 13 points in this game. Uh, uh, I think it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, just an offensive, just juggernaut coming at the Seahawks and, they're finally just going to be tired enough, and they're going to probably lose this game, thirty to seventeen.
0: This is uh, in the uh, proverbial uh, great movie that Spinal Tap was. They called uh, their their movie title "Shark Sandwich," uh, "Shit Sandwich," um, <laughs> and then and then went on to say, "You can't say that" in their best uh, you know British accents. Uh, which all they're not British at all. But that's a hilarious movie if you've never seen it. It's actually it one of my favorites of all fun. time. But um, it, this is a this is a shit sandwich situation for this team. And um, I, I I agree with you. I'm I'm not gonna just yell a you know score out you know. But you know two touchdowns unfortunately seems about right. It, I mean I feel blowout unfortunately like you said. I feel like there's just gonna be a, a taken to task type type game. Um, and, but, but, but there's two things that we all know about. And that is one are the Seahawks love to show up on Sunday night or night primetime games in front of the rest of the league and play at a really high level. And two, they haven't lost by 10 or more points in so long. It's like 90 games, I think now or something. It's some crazy number. Um, that uh, you just got to sit back and say, well, you know, that's what they do. They they stay, they stick around in games and they, they're able to play up. So, you know, yeah, I agree with you. I, I it just doesn't feel good, but I wouldn't be surprised if some crazy magic happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised either, but at the same time, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm taking the reality pill as we speak and, and yes, it's <laughs> going to be a shit sandwich. <laughs> so, um yeah, yeah, they're going to I just get this feeling it will be the first time in a long, long like consecutive streak that they're going to lose by 10 or more. I just New England is they're savages. There's New England, and there's everybody else. That's that's how it is. I mean, they're New England is just set up to be they're so good they got rid of Jamie Collins. That's how good that team is. You know, Jamie Collins is a, you know, all-pros type linebacker getting rid of him to go to the Cleveland Browns, they're that good, they, they can expend that guy. It's just, they're unreal. They're, I don't know, I just give a lot of props to Belichick and company out there, so. Um,
0: yeah, they got yeah. rid of Tlaib, a two, I mean, a couple of years ago, they get rid of Tlaib, but, you know, they, they just what he does, I mean, what Bill Belichick has done with that team for so long, honestly, it is unbelievable. It really is, and I am not a Patriots fan uh, like Mike Salk, I'm not a, a Patriots mm-hmm. fan and, and he's a closet one at that cause he will never say it, but it's obviously very evident that he's a Patriots fan. Um, but uh, the, the bottom line is and again, sorry for that. The bottom line is, is that he deserves every ounce of credit and uh, it, it wouldn't be uh, out of the ordinary to, to call uh, to name a, rename a trophy after him when he's done, because the guy is absolutely amazing and uh, deserves every ounce of credit that he gets. He does,
1: and ironically, today at his press conference, he had a lot of great things to say about Russell Wilson. So, uh, you know, he doesn't normally talk in the media, but he he gushed about Russell Wilson today. So, you know, thanks, thanks, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So, well, anyways, kind of switching gears, uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk. We'll talk politics here in just a bit, but uh, so, anyways, what do you think of Sunday night's episode of The Walking Dead?
0: Honestly, I, I really enjoyed that, that episode. And, you know, I remember what you told me about Dwight and I don't want to hear anymore. If you've, if you've looked ahead or you read anything, I don't want to hear anymore, but uh, I definitely can see what you're saying. And that was, that was pretty crazy to hear the reason why Dwight ran away in the, in the fuel truck and, um and his, he has a smoking hot, uh, well, he did have a smoking hot wife. Uh, she was not ugly. Uh and, uh, I didn't remember the other girl um, that, that, that died, but the sister, I guess that was going to become Negan's wife, boy, but man, Jeff, I got to, you got to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan just kills it as Negan. Just kills mm-hmm. it because you're, yeah. you're sitting there going, just shoot the guy. I mean, Dwight, just shoot the guy, just shoot the guy. It's over. It's done. You know, but he has everyone so wrapped around his finger Uh, in in his own uh, maniacal, egotistic, evil genius way, uh, that, uh, because you look at the situation and that like they, they are, they have a fine, they talk about a well-oiled machine. I mean, he's got it rolling, uh, and, and they got it rolling in every way, shape and form because they've got food. They're putting food on the table. Uh, everyone is getting what they can to survive, you know, but you live under constant fear of Negan and, uh, (laughs) Man, it, it just—it was a so- another solid episode from those guys. Really enjoyed it, and that song's still living in my head, by the way. Um, oh but- no. <laughs> the
1: one where the one where Dwight tried to escape. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Not Dwight, but Daryl. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, no, I, I'm not going to say anything about Dwight, but it does make sense about my my questioning about how he would turn. You know what I mean? Like because. Yeah. I think I think he relates to Daryl in a certain way where um you know past episodes he was a dick, you know, but I think that he's starting to relate Daryl a lot more. If you listen to the very end, um almost to the very end where Daryl's crying in a cell, that one part where yep, he's, yep. you know he's sitting there listening to him, you kind of think okay, yeah, something's going to happen here. And I think I just think that Dwight is going to snap because you know, losing his wife in that way, you know, even though she's, you know, still, she's, is she one of Negan's wives or like, she what, is, what is Negan's
0: she? wife. She is Negan's wife. Oh. So, so she essentially gave herself up because her sister was killed when they were fla- fleeing in that, uh, in that, just, you know, he blames essentially the whole reason he, he hates Daryl so much, Dwight does, is because when they were running or fleeing from Negan in that fuel truck, uh Because of that interaction with daryl uh, they you know ended up getting the the, the tr- exploded and, and all that crap well, that whole instance cr- created a scenario where negan 's soon to be wife who was the, his his wife 's sister died, and so the only way to save dwight's and his wife 's you know life from Negan is his wife had to give herself to negan as his wife, and that 's what mm. took place so that 's So that's why Dwight hates Daryl so much. But like you said, at the end of that episode, what you could see is Dwight was realizing that Daryl is just doing what anyone else would have done one. And two, he is so strong and he admires, he's starting to admire the strength of Daryl because Daryl still won't turn. He won't call himself Negan, you know, I'm Daryl, you know, and that was so freaking awesome. And then at the same time, there Dar- he's lit- D- daryl is showing dwight that there is a lot of horribleness in this world but the only way you're going to save yourself who you are your own identity is if you refuse not only to, to to you know follow these these you know uh crazy nut job leaders but stand up for yourself and uh uh, and it's hard. And, you know, look what Daryl had to go through. I mean, horrible, right? Anyone would have just said, "Screw it." Yeah, you're right. I'm Negan. <laughs> the the amazing part of this show is these characters are so awesome. And again, just another example. But I totally get what you're saying. It, it, it's feeding right into that Dwight's gonna want to save his wife, get her, get Daryl, get the hell out of Dodge, and uh, and get get some war fixing. Uh, because uh, it's going to be interesting when the kingdom and everybody else gets together. It sure is. Yeah.
1: And I'm looking forward to next week's episode. It's actually going to be a 90 minute episode. So we'll see what happens. They go to Alexandria, uh, Negan and the saviors do, which should be a very interesting episode. So we'll see. Um, I, I do think that, that, um, You know, it's going to be Negan's world for a long time until, you you know, you get the people. But I think that's going to be a key on the All Out War, though, is when Dwight. I think Dwight is going to turn. That's just, that's what I think. So we'll see. We, we, I don't know. I mean, they write it a lot different than what they do in the comics. So we'll, we'll definitely uh, check it.
0: They're going to need, in order for Rick and the, and the gang to, 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 you know, take down Negan. Okay, and you assume that that has to happen at some point, right but the the mm-hmm. only way it's gonna happen is if someone inside turns and and you know you you find out even through the governor and interactions with all these crazy people they've come across the the people that turn like even look uh when the governor in the governor's relationship it was uh uh Daryl's brother um who God Merle, help me out yeah. here, Earl. Merle, Merle, who Merle, yeah. who we all hated, right? We all hated Merle, and then at the end you loved. I mean, I cried when Merle died. I cried because I was. I mean, I didn't cry like you know whimpering crazy little little boy, but you know I was like, man, you know, ah, that sucks, you know, because Daryl was fit getting his brother back, and man, uh, it just it, 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 the 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 reason that you the only way that they're really able to take someone down is they got to get help from the other side inside and. And whether it's Dwight and or other folks that help out, you know, it, it's going to have to happen. But, you know, it's going to happen at some point in time. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So
1: right on, man. So
0: <clears throat> um,
1: just wanted to check on the Paul Project, see how that's going for our
0: listeners. Uh, yeah, well, the latest uh, I had put a video up yesterday, actually, um, I had a weigh in on Monday, uh, lost another 10 pounds over the last four weeks. So you. that's that's a that's a positive. Um, had a little, uh, well, uh, again, I know everyone's going to say I'm crazy here, but I, I actually gained six pounds. Uh, <laughs> I know you're like, well, Paul, what are you doing? Eating McDonald's? What the hell happened? <laughs> Honestly, nothing. I didn't, I had, not change my food. Nothing changed. Nothing. Everything has been the same in that, in a 10 day stretch, which is what, when this occurred, I actually, had worked out seven of those 10 days, my workouts take three hours. Okay. I mean, it's hellacious what I do and put myself through. And I have never been so depressed and down when, when that number came up because I was like, this scale has to be broken. There's no way. And, and my, my nutritionist and I sat down and really talked and hashed it out. And bottom line is, is that we don't know why we got, we can guess at a million different things uh, whether, you know, somehow I, I, my muscle mass increased, you know, because of, the workouts i put myself through or what but the long story short is it did happen but the good news is is that over the last four weeks i lost 10 more pounds and and that's you know that's two and a half pounds a week uh that's that's a solid 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 and and healthy weight loss and uh you know I'll, i just continue you know nothing's changed uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get there i'm at 403 three pounds away from 400 i want that number so bad i want to get under 400 um, and that was frustrating, but we're going to get there and uh, I'm going to get there before Thanksgiving. That's, um, that's my thing. I'm telling myself right now um, and uh, uh, I'll make it happen. So we'll, uh, I'll, I'll get something out to everyone. You can definitely check it out on my Facebook page, the Paul project. Uh, number one, you can find it obviously connection through uh, my Facebook page at uh, Paul Byer. Obviously I tweeted out all the information at P Bizzle P B I Z Z E L and you can also just follow me on Instagram and or uh on uh on Twitter at the paul project the paul project number 1 uh and that's that's probably the easiest thing to do but anyways you know you know where to find me folks i'm around i'm around you can check me out mhm mhm yes sir and and congratulations just keep
1: it up man you're doing a great job so Proud of you, man. Proud of you. Just so, what do you think? What going? do you think
0: happened to me? What do you think? How did I gain six pounds in ten days?
1: You want to be honest? Do you want me to be honest with you? And yeah, and, what, um, what did
0: I do? Did I eat milkshakes? No, I didn't have any milkshakes.
1: N- no, <laughs> I think you gained. I, I, I think, um, and this happened. This happened to me when I went on a huge diet years ago. They said basically that I gained muscle mass. I think that might be a po- possibility that you may have gained some sort of muscle mass do- doing to working, working out. That's a possibility. So I, I mean, I'm, that's just my thought process. I think maybe you, you know, when they say you lose weight and then you gain muscle mass, you're going to gain, gain some weight back. So that's a possibility. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there to you, man.
0: Well, the, the other thing, and I think this is probably the more likely scenario is uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was I've been under a lot of stress with my move, obviously, and all the preparations mm-hmm. I took to to obviously make sure I didn't hurt my back. The the weight the weigh in the last weigh in that that ridiculous mm-hmm. weigh in where I gained six pounds it was right before the move, and so she thinks mm-hmm. that my stress might have messed up just how I was kind of you know I was holding on to calories you know holding on to calories or holding on to food and um and that might have been why. Uh, that number came in the way it did is just, just stress, just pure stress. And I was, I was very stressed out. So, you know, whatever it's over, it's behind me. We're moving forward. Well, we're not going to look at the negatives on that. We're going to look at the positives because you come
1: so far. So that's the big thing and you just keep on doing it, brother. I'm I'm proud of you. I know Barry is too. So, um, <clears throat> all right, we're going to do one last little brief sports talk and then we're going to get into politics. Just want to get your quick, you know, minute or two take on, The Huskies, what do you think what's going to happen uh, going into the end of the season? Do you think they're going to roll or do you think that there's a loss in their schedule and did they get screwed again?
0: Let me start on the way that the national media and ESPN especially is treating this team is completely unfair. Uh, The, the, (laughs) the, the committee to, again, I don't, I don't know what happened tonight. I mean, well, yesterday. Did, where where did they have them ranked yesterday? Did they have them ranked fourth or fifth? Did they move Ohio State in front uh, of them? I didn't even look.
1: Yeah, Ohio State's in front of them, yeah. Oh, so. my
0: God. Now, I am not a Husky fan. Every, you know that. Everyone knows that. I'm not a Husky fan. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you right, right now, they deserve, they deserve to be in the top four, okay? And I think Ohio yeah. State's good. I think Ohio State's good. But I'm sorry. They have a loss to Penn State, okay? And Penn State is not a good team uh, right and, and and it's just this is the stuff that ESPN, if you've noticed folks, on ABC's you know game of the week, well, obviously ABC owns ESPN, the Disney Company owns all of them. Well, what do you see every week? who's playing on the five o'clock game? well it's it's probably going to be Ohio State, all right and and the thing mm-hmm. is that you're, it's always a big ten team. Well, the Big Ten is getting its props. Blown up, and I trust me. I think Michigan is freaking ridiculous. I think they're really good. Okay, I think Ohio State's really good, but they're not undefeated, and they and they just don't deserve it right now. You know, based on the logic that the way this committee has things set up, Alabama could literally lose twice going down the road here, and I will guarantee you they'd still be in the top four. Okay, it, of course, it is of this 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 methodology that they're utilizing is so bad that it's they're getting such a raw deal they they have clearly proven that they are one of the best teams in the country they are playing out out of their minds the way this offense can play i mean it's so it's so explosive. um and look you know espn throwing them a bone by coming out here for game day this weekend great whatever you know i you know i don't give a rat's ass about that if i'm a husky fan i don't care about that stuff what i care about is getting respect and they're just not getting it and it's really really sad and ESPN, the, the way they covered this, for instance, this this last week's uh, Monday night game with the Seahawks, I felt like I was watching the Bills network. It was like, yeah, they all they wanted to talk about was Buffalo Bills, and it's like, guys, you're supposed to talk about both teams, you know? You're you're talking about you're you're it, no none of that. It was it was all about the Bills. It was all about Rex Ryan. It was all about you know Shady McCoy and how good he is and blah 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 blah. Nothing about Seattle. It just it's pathetic how they treat this market and and they treat our teams. And I, I just it, it infuriates me like nobody's business.
1: Yeah, it infuriates me too. I I mean did I tell you that Sean McDonough was bad. Yeah, he's bad. He's just bad. Not, I, I, I he's not good. And that Monday night crew is just awful. I, I don't know. Horrible. It, it's just just such a wide despair from I, I don't like Collinsworth either, but good lord. I mean he looks like, you know, John Madden compared to, you know, any of those guys that are on there. I mean, just he, John Gruden was terrible. I just, oh, God, I can't – I don't even want to go into that. But, <clears throat> um, you, know, you, know, you know, my take on, on the Huskies is, you know, you just keep on playing the way that you keep playing, take care of business, then you'll be, you know, you'll be there. Just control your destiny. I mean, I think the thing is, is that they, Jake Browning is such a good quarterback. I think I would put him – I mean, give give me one more year of him – doing what he's doing. And I think this guy is just an absolute stud. He'll be in the NFL for sure. So, um, <clears throat> I, I, I really like what they're doing They they're, I mean, John Ross, can you, Paul, how great is John Ross? He, he is definitely a first round talent. He's awesome. He's so good. Yeah. And <clears throat> so you, you'll, you'll definitely just keep playing the way you're doing and you're going to be okay down the stretch. So, um, yeah, that's, all, that's all, really they it's all they can do. That's
0: all they can do. That's all they can do. But I will say this
1: real quick about the Ohio State's rampage against Nebraska. Nebraska almost lost three times this year to really inferior opponents. So before I, I you know, if I'm on the committee, I look at that, whereas Washington has beaten their you know, their opponents other than Utah by what an average of twenty one points. So you know, look, I, I I don't know. I mean Utah I think to me is they're an awesome team. They they are very, very good. Their defense is very stellar um you know but, but again they're a year away and the Pac-12 is just not known to be a great conference so um you know we'll we'll see what happens um but if Stanford forward, but, was undefeated
0: uh, if Stanford was undefeated they'd give them all the credit in the world i mean i i truly believe that so oh, i mean sure, it's it's sure. they're being selective again it's it's selective on how they cuz there's not a lot of husky fans you know in the in the northeast Um, and uh, it's who's paying their bills. That's what they look at. And ESPN, whether they admitted to it or not, ESPN has their hand and a big hand in who is picked to be on not only the committees that make the decisions for these teams, but also I think on who the teams are because markets and and, and, uh, who's going to travel to, to those bowls. That's a huge part of who they end up putting in those games. And look, I'll say this one last thing and I'll, I'll trade it off to you. In my opinion, Alabama is not only clearly the number one team in the country, they are heads and tails, the, the number one team in the country. I mean, this team, it, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see them losing a game. I truly don't think anyone can beat them, okay? I don't think no, anyone don't. can beat them. Their defense is so ridiculously good. Their offense is just good enough. It's the, the defense is the whole point. The only team yeah, that has... You know, that's exactly right. And they're, they're big, fast, and ridiculous. So, um, yeah, they, look, any given day, sure. But, I, I mean, they're, they are the best team in the country, and, and no one's even close.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even throw Clemson in the same neighborhood either. I, I, I just think Alabama's that good. I, I, you know, what I want, and, and just because I'm from this area up here, I want to see a national championship with Michigan and Alabama. How awesome would that be? That would be oh. just cool to watch. Just be fun, and you're matching. The to watch.
0: You're matching coaches that are actually really good at their craft. I mean, I, I mean, I. We all hate John Harb you know, J- uh, Jim Harbaugh up here, but Jim Harbaugh is an awesome coach, and you can see what he's doing with Michigan. Boy, I'd love to see Michigan. I'd love to see Harbaugh versus Saban. I think that'd be an awesome matchup. Yeah, it would be an. It would be a great matchup. All right, Paul.
1: We got eight minutes left of the show. Just gonna do a little politic talk real quick, and then we'll we'll close that out and maybe do a couple, maybe a final rant if we have about a minute. But just your thoughts on as the smoke has dissipated, what's been going on with people's reactions about Trump becoming president today? Um, and um, you know, I'll just go ahead and kick it off with my reactions on it. You know, I, I was really indifferent. I mean, I don't like Hillary um and, I, and i'll admit though that you know you know i'm, I'm more of a libertarian paul so i pre- you know i voted democrat this year but i felt like my vote wo- my vote was was really not wasted because trump became president i like what trump has to say a lot of times but at the same time i look at you know a lot what a lot of people you know look at you know he's against you know the lesbian gay community and of course transgender communities yada 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 but then again you think about it. The House are the ones that overturn these bills, so you have to look at what what the Congress is going to do. It's not really a one man, but he can, um, you know, veto some things if he wanted to. But you know, looking at this, I mean, you know, he seems like a, you know he very genuine when, when it when it came to being very grateful, and I mm-hmm. think he's not going to be as radical as a lot of people are, are, are going to make him out to be. Um, but we'll see. It remain, remains to be said. I mean, I, I'm not too worried about him becoming president, just because, you know, he was against a lot of the B- Bush's values. And I know you're a big Bush, Bush guy, Paul. But I'm oh, just. Oh no, no, I'm not.
0: I, I am not. Don't say that. Okay. I am. Okay. 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 Gotcha. I I despise gotcha. the Bushes. I despise. I'll say it again. I despise the Bush. Okay, I got gotcha.
1: you. I got gotcha. you. Well, he's pretty much anti-Bush, and for me, going somebody going in the office who doesn't have the same values as George Bush. I think I'm going to be – I'm going to let this one ride out, and I think I'll
0: be okay with it. You know, I, your 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 approach is what I would hope others would have in, in regards to not only Trump but whoever it was. I mean, take a deep breath, take a step back, regardless of whichever candidate you supported here, and then say, okay, I I don't like this person maybe. I I, I disagree with them on all of their 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 not only values, maybe potentially or or uh, or stances on issues, but then also remember that a lot of that is ginned up by the media and or whatever, you know, talking head is talking on that particular network or whichever it might be. A lot of that is created in narrative that that I'll be honest with you. I don't trust at all. I don't trust media. I don't care who you're talking to. Everyone's got an agenda. And, and what I am going to trust here is I'm going to trust the actions of the person, okay? I, when, 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 when Barack Obama was elected president, I did not support him on any of the stances that he had, okay? But when he was elected, at the end of the day, I said, you know what? This guy is going to have an opportunity like no other to bring this country together, And I, I actually had a little bit of excitement because I was like, you know what, I'm gonna let the see. I want to see what this guy can do, and if he can, because he can bring us all together, the African American community, the, the, like you said, gay, lesbian, bisexual, whatever you know, segment of society you live in, exist in. He was the guy that could bring it all together because he in himself is part of those demographics, right? And and you know what, this country is farther apart, in my opinion, now than it's ever been. And it's just like you just look at, you know, don't sit here and start blaming everyone else in the world. Just look at this is the guy that was the leader, and this is what took place. And I, I, I sit here and say this, plain and simple. The actions and the, the results will speak and determine whether or not Donald Trump is a good president. And like you said, taking a step back and just letting it play out, we all should do that. And if it was Hillary, I wouldn't agree with her. And look, I'll tell you right now, Trump Trump was not my choice. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, even in the primary, okay? I was amazed this guy got elected. But at the end of the day, yeah. I was – I selected, in my opinion, to be determined as opposed to someone that I have zero respect for. and And again, we won't – we don't have time to even get into an ounce of it, but someone I don't trust with anything, and – I took to be determined because I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I honestly have no idea, but I'm willing to give to be determined a chance as opposed to the, the latter. So, you know, that's where we're at. And I just hope we all can just relax one second. You know, and realize that you know, woke up this morning, the sun came up, you got your pants on, you made some coffee, you went to work, you know, it, nothing's changed. No,
1: no, nothing has changed. And <clears throat> which leads to me to my final rant when it comes to people just in general about pretty much just picking the better candidate and whatnot and who you feel is a better candidate. I mean, my final rant basically is, is if your candidate did not win, you know, it, it's not the end of the world. And I'm going to branch off what Paul says. He makes good points, not the end of the world. You now what you need to do is, you know, if, if you're a person of faith, believe in faith. If you're a person that doesn't believe in faith and believe in science, if you're a person that just, believes in taking one foot after the other believe in that but my Mm -hmm. point is is that if you have a higher power that you believe in or you have a system that you believe in stick with that but at the end of the day be the most productive person you possibly can be do the right thing make good decisions and then it won't matter because what happens is is that you're looking at every everybody else that's complaining about stuff when you're pretty much on the right road and you're doing what you have to do in order to create a good life and so my final rant is as opposed to worrying about what you can't control why don't you worry about what you can control and that's my final rant of the night go ahead paul
0: tim i want to say that that was probably the most eloquent well-stated topic answer anything you've ever said on the show that was fan freaking fantastic. <laughs> You just knocked you. it out of the park, my friend. And, and I, I mean, I don't even want to end on a – I don't even want to – I was going to end on a negative note, but I have to say this because it, it is just ridiculous. Seattle, Seattle City Council member Savant right now is out there in downtown Seattle raising hell with all these freaking people, okay, wanting to, to tear down the city for whatever reason. And again, it goes back to why don't you think about the things that you could do to be productive for the community as opposed to looking at tearing things down? And, and these living, – living your life based on what other people do as opposed to, the, like you said, Tim, you can do to be better and make good, good things for others happen, it, it, this, is the, this is just – this is a microcosm of the issues that we have in our city, which is – should be – we should be the shining city on the hill, okay, based on all the success we have going on in our, our area. But guess what? We're, we're held back by these people. And, and again, what does it do? It makes sure that this team doesn't get a team, doesn't get an arena, and, and 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 probably won't have a Sonics team for who knows how long because of how horribly run and the people we elect to put them in charge. It's just it's horrible. It's horrible. So, anyways, that's that. Good night, Canada. God bless you guys. Have a good night. See you guys next week. All right. Peace.